Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Um, Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting. This week, we are continuing our series on listening. Why isn't my child listening? And by the way, I'm so excited to get back to this podcast I have really missed it. I'm so glad to be back, and I hope you are enjoying the podcast, even though this is only the second episode. I did notice that in the backlist, a lot of people have been listening, and just last week, it had 1,066 downloads, which really blew my mind, so... This is this information is needed, not not because it's me, but because the information is needed. And this is something that everyone needs. I mean, everyone needs to be trauma informed these days. I'm getting a little off track, but I thought that was super important to mention. So maybe you might share this podcast with other families, other parents and just say, you know, give it a listen The information on there is for everyone. And when I say trauma, it doesn't necessarily mean that your child was in a house fire or they were abused or, you know, maybe they have a capital letter syndrome and that's trauma itself is knowing that there's something different about you and having to navigate the world in different ways and having to try to figure out cues from uh, everybody else or just constantly being berated for your behavior because you don't, you can't regulate yourself. Not you won't regulate yourself, but you can't. That's a difficult position for anyone to be in and that's trauma. And with everybody going through all it, you know, everything we hear on the news, everything that's been going on in the world, especially the past couple of years, for kiddos, that has been trauma for them. So just throwing that out there. But like I said, I'm continuing to talk about listening. Why won't my child listen? And I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here because I was talking about when there is a schedule change, it is more difficult for your kiddo to listen, especially if they have a capital letter syndrome. And schedules are secure. They make kids feel that felt safety. It doesn't mean they're not safe if there isn't 
a schedule. It just means that if there is a schedule, they feel comfort in knowing what's coming next. They feel comfort in knowing, okay, when I get up in the morning, here's what I do. I go to the kitchen. I know it's Thursday. We're going to have French toast. I know that after breakfast, I'm going to make my bed and then I'm going to read my book or whatever. And I'm not telling you what kind of schedule to make. You know your family. You know your children. But like I said, I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit because I was talking to my daughters yesterday about this. And um, one of them was saying, you know, all of a sudden my kids are not listening. What is going on? I can't get them. And so my other daughter started talking about something that we did regularly, which is called practicing outside the moment, or we can call it training. And I know some people get weirded out by that, that word, like, I'm not going to train my children. Well, imagine this. Imagine you show up your first day on a brand new job, and they just say, all right, go for it. Let's see how you do. And then when you mess up, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You didn't enter that data correctly, or you didn't ring up that customer correctly. Um, what kind of worker are you? And you're like, but no one told me what to do. Well, that's what I'm talking about as far as training goes. I'm not telling you to be strict or punitive. Training is just showing somebody what to do beforehand so they know how to do it. And one of the training exercises I did with my kiddos, and it was kind of, um, multi-purpose for listening and learning colors, I would put a bowl of M&Ms on the table. I know you people who, you know, I, I don't do a lot of sugar, but you know, you people who are like no sugar ever, um, you're like not M&Ms, well pick something else. But anyway, I would put a bowl of M&Ms on the table and then I would say to each child individually, and my daughter reminded me this, reminded me of this yesterday, like you use a soft-spoken voice like mom used to, like very soft-spoken, you say, okay, name of the child, take a brown M&M. And if they could pick out one brown M&M, then you get, to, you get to eat that. So it's rewarding with sweets, which is which I've studied a little bit of the Jewish culture and how they used to use honey when they were teaching the word to young children. They would give them honey, and I'm, I'm really paraphrasing. It goes a lot deeper than that. I've written about it before. I can't recall exactly, but you're rewarding them with a sweet. And then my kids were also learning their colors at that time, so they were learning their colors, and then it's also about listening without them realizing it, because then I would change it up. Take two orange ones, take two blue ones. And the worst thing that could happen to them if they didn't get it right is they didn't pick up, up any M&Ms that turn. They would wait until the next turn. But at the end of the game, everybody had some M&Ms to eat. 
and they didn't realize that they were learning how to listen as well as learning what their colors were. So it was it was a double win. And you know what? This is what's called investment parenting. It takes time. If you want your children to listen better, you have to invest time up front. And that's the way it is with any kind of parenting. And think about it. And if you're the a sports person, I'm not, I mean, I love outdoor things like kayaking and hiking and, but I was never very coordinated in other kinds of sports like basketball and soccer and those kinds of things. But if you are, think about when you take your child to a practice or even a dance practice, what do they do? They're training. They're investing time before those little girls get up on the stage for their dance recital at the end of the school year. Guess what they've done? They've invested hours and hours and hours of practice learning how to plie or learning the jazz step or learning how to shuffle step with their tap shoes on. They are learning all of those things. And we need to look at parenting in the same way. We need to invest time and make it fun. Set time aside and say, we are going to play a game. Now, when I was growing up, we did a lot of games outside. I didn't realize at the time because we weren't thinking about, hey, my my goodness, we're learning how to listen. You know, mother may I because then you have to listen for that cue and just hide and seek. You have to listen to how to play the game or what the rules are this time. All of these sorts of things that we used to do when we were younger that not very many kiddos get to practice today because there's so many other diversions like game systems and... (laughs) TV and I didn't we didn't have a TV when I was growing up my mother made that choice for us and I'm not saying you have to throw out your TV in order to invest in your kids but I am saying that if you want your children to listen better then you need to invest some time in teaching outside the moment or training and another little side note which we were talking about yesterday I mentioned to my daughter who said, you know, help me, give me all the games, tell me what to do. My kids aren't listening. I said, you know, if you're, and she admitted that her schedule had just gone to pot, like they weren't using it anymore. And I said, well, you may be dysregulated yourself. So maybe you need to pull back a little bit. Your kids are depending on you for co-regulation but you need to get some co-regulation yourself or you need to step back and pause and help yourself regulate a little bit before you move forward in your parenting. Because when we're dysregulated, oh, I can talk today. I might need a little bit more coffee. When we are dysregulated, our children are going to mirror that. If we get up in the morning and we're like, 
I don't know what we're doing today. And I'm not saying that you have to have a super strict schedule. I'm not saying that at all. But you need to have some sort of schedule so children know what's going to happen next. They need to know. And this this is kind of a very random example, but it really just came to mind. When my youngest was um, going in for a pre-op visit for his cleft palate surgery, and he was adopted, and we brought him home when he was 19 months old. He was nonverbal, and he had a lot of developmental delays, including not being able to speak yet, because he had a gaping hole at the top of his mouth. But I remember the nurse doing the pre-op work, she was very angry with me for some reason, but she was asking me, you know, do you speak Polish? Because my children were adopted from Poland and I spoke enough to, to, you know, say a few things. I spoke enough to communicate with my children. But she said, does somebody interpret for you when he speaks? And I said, he doesn't speak. And well, do his siblings Know what he's saying? No, because he can't speak. Nobody knows what he's saying. Well, then how do you know if he's hungry? How do you know if he's tired? How do you know? And she started asking me all of these questions like rapid fire. And I felt cornered. I was cornered because I'm holding this 19-month-old baby on my lap who couldn't walk yet. Um couldn't talk yet, and was getting very antsy at having to stay in this little cubicle room. And I said to her, I finally said to her, I got up a a little bit of gumption. I said, you know what? When he wakes up in the morning, I feed him. A couple hours later, I give him a snack. And then I give him, I put him down for a nap. And I went through the whole day like I had this schedule that really worked well for him. He still took two naps a day because he was catching up and he was growing. And I was purifying every little thing I could in my food processor and pouring it down that kid to fatten him up because he hadn't been able to eat very much. So I laid out my schedule and she just would not relent. She would not give up. But I left very feeling very deflated, like you aren't a good parent. But once I thought it over, I was like, wait a minute, I am doing what he needs. He can't speak. He will be able to one day. But right now I'm doing the best by having a really secure schedule for him. And he did really, really, really well with that schedule. And um, so if you have a child who has a capital letter syndrome or like my youngest, you know, couldn't speak because uh, of a cleft palate or has issues like that, then the number one thing that you need to do is have a schedule that will help them feel safe, that will help them regulate, that will help them You will be co-regulating for them. They will know what's coming next, even if they can't verbalize it. And 
uh, I'm just going to end up with just reminding you, take some time to train. Don't give it a negative connotation. Make it fun. Play some games. You know, even in the pool, you can be throwing rings and, and your children are diving down for them. Get the green ring first. Get the blue ring next. Or if you're outside, can I see you do two jumping jacks? Now let's do three. We play that all the time. And I would let the kids take turns being the army sergeant. Like everybody do five jumping jacks. Now everybody do 10 jumping jacks. And and they had a blast doing that. Was there a child or two that sometimes didn't want to participate? Absolutely. That's just life. All of these tips that I share are not perfect. Nothing ever goes perfectly with children. Nothing ever goes perfectly with adults. I mean, I'm just thinking of this is kind of another random incident, but like I remember having... I was having a party at my house and I was, you know, watching the little kiddos with their little drinks and they would be so careful. Like they had heard a bazillion times, don't spill your drink, don't spill your drink. And these were kids that were old enough to carry a cup. They weren't sippy cups. And then I looked over at one of the adults who was holding a mug of coffee and talking to people. And every time this person turned, his whole cup of coffee sloshed some onto the floor and he never really even, never wiped it up, never cared. I'm not picking on that person. I'm just making a point. Kids are trying. You know what I mean? They are trying so hard to live up to our expectations. So sometimes we just need to lower them, you know? Lower your expectations. Meet your child where they are Take some time to do some investment parenting. Would you rather, would you rather get to a month from now or two months from now and say, you know, my child still isn't listening ever? Or would you rather invest some time now and have that child listening better, never perfectly? No child is ever going to listen perfectly or they would be an adult. No, because adults don't listen perfectly. I don't listen perfectly. But what we are doing is we want to connect with our kiddos. And the more we connect with them, the more we invest in them, the more we co-regulate for them, with them, the better able they will be to listen. So I'm going to finish up for today. So thanks for joining me and I will see you next week on Trauma-Informed Parenting. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on traumainformedparenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.